0: Holy cow, that was awesome. Everything that we have talked about for the last three months, we got to see it all on the field today. Jackson Dart is obviously a machine. He was driving the ball all over the field. The passes were done within the offense. It wasn't like he was focusing on an area of the field. He was putting the ball where it needed to be, whether it was inside the field, outside the field, at the numbers, the whole nine yards. I think Trey Harris is a dude four touchdowns in a single game a school record that is very important indeed but anyway this is the postcast version of the locked on Ole Miss podcast you are locked on Ole Miss your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thanks for making the Lockdown on this podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I am Stephen Willis, and this is the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast where we give our post-game reaction to all of what we saw during the game today. It, w- it was honestly impressive, and it outshined all of my wildest expectations, essentially. Um, everybody likes to make fun of me of what I was saying. is, like, hey, Steve, you're putting too rosy of a tent on what we're looking at. And it's like, I don't know if I'm doing that this time. I'm just going off what I see potential-wise. And it looks like after one game, and granted, it was Mercer, and it's going to get tougher, but other teams play FCS opponents and not ranked FCS opponents and don't put 73 points on the board, And I I think all of that is worth taking into account. We'll see exactly how this team goes moving forward. They got a big road game at Tulane. If they start like they did today, Tulane, I don't know if they can score enough to keep up with Ole Miss. It was really interesting indeed. Now, Ole Miss threw for over 500 yards in the game. Yeah, seriously. They threw for over 500 yards. Let's look at these box score real quick. Jackson Dart was 18 of 23, 334 yards and four touchdowns, and just a shade over two quarters played today. He drove the ball all over the field. He looks fantastic. Any questions that people have about this? If they had any questions, it should be over, honestly. He played the game exactly how it needed to be done. Jackson Dart turned up, he showed out. He did all the things that we hoped he would do, the things after the Texas Bowl we wanted to see happen, happen. So he did that. Spencer Sanders came in and played basically the third quarter and a little bit into the fourth. He was 8 of 14, 134 yards, two touchdowns. It was after that that you saw Lane Kiffin animated on the sideline telling Charlie Weiss Jr. to quit throwing the football. It's just a weird situation. Walker Howard came in and played the end of the game. He looked honestly really good. He looked like everything that you hoped he would be. It was three or four, 56 yards and 40 yards as almost went down for their last touchdown. If you look at scoring by quarters, Olmus went 28 10, 28 7. So coming out of into the game and out of the half, Olmus was at their best. So that was really impressive indeed. Running the football, Quinshawn averaged 4.6 a carry. They were obviously keen on him. Everybody is going to key on number four. It's just going to happen. Jackson Dart ran the ball. Effectively, Bentley fumbled the ball once inside the red zone when Ole Miss was going in a score that would have made this an 80-point game. If you need to think about that, think about that. That is how close Ole Miss was to scoring 80 points today. You look at Matt Jones, Graham Griffin, Spencer Sanders, even Jalen Knox on a fly sweep, um, almost end up running for 143 yards on the day. And I honestly believe that it's because this offense is not going to be what it was last year. I I I said all offseason that they're going to adjust this a little bit. And it's going to look more like 2020 and 2021 this year than it did last year. And you saw with the play calling and the way they were calling the game today that that was a realistic thing. So, we will see exactly what happens as well. Now, let's see. If you look at the receiving yards, almost look at all those receivers. There was like 25 receptions and all these receivers got involved, of course, uh, over the course of the day, led by Trey Harris who looked really, really good. Jordan Watkins was really, really good. I mean, those two were fantastic. Even at the tight end position, that was interesting. Now, it, apparently, and now I don't know this, and it hasn't been confirmed, and it might have been in the postgame, and I just didn't hear it. Um, Hudson Wolf may have went down with, a, um, I think, a broken collarbone um, in the game. And, and if that happens, I'm sick for the kid. The kid has come all the way back, had a great catch, made a play that kind of brought him into – everyone's attention and he ended up hurting himself in the process that's bad now the the good side of that is Kyron Heath he showed that he's going to be kind of a dude he's somebody that we can count on in the future Caden Priestcorn did not play today Michael Trigg basically what I think happened with Michael Trigg and I emphasize that I think in this situation he was in street clothes in the first half because he was suspended and he didn't know if he was going to get to be able to play. It was one of those things you had to be a good soldier to be eligible. And then right before halftime, he got the word that, yeah, he needed to go get dressed for the second half, came out there, all motivated, played fairly well in the second half, should have had a big touchdown, Um, kind of dropped the ball. And you can see he was a little bit upset with that as well. Overall, it was a pretty good situation with the wide receivers and tight ends moving forward. Defensively. Look at that. Centarian Perkins led the oldest Rebels in tackling as a true freshman in his first college game. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss, which was the sack. Had a pass defense. Davion Harris, two and a half tackles for loss with a sack. Those were the two big stars. And you had Tyler Banks that flashed as well. The point in this case is I don't think we understand totally exactly what the offense is going to look like moving forward. I I, I just don't think we are. And we'll just have to see once we get down to Tulane, we're going to have to see once we get around um, Georgia Tech with those explosive athletes, we're going to have to see who comes out and shows themselves. Cedric Johnson, he played pretty well. Kari Coleman played pretty well. Zamari Walton flashed a couple of times. Sullivan-Marty Seastruck a couple of times. So that is pretty cool as well. Now, Mercer, 142 yards passing. Carter Peavy, he did okay for an FCS quarterback. Mercer did a really good job of scheming Ole Miss to get receivers open for the short pass. So basically, it was if it was third and three, they had a chance to turn it around and have a chance to have a play that made that happen. Poor schematic stuff. He didn't necessarily do that um, if it was a long yardage. If they were off schedule, they just didn't have a chance to get it done. If you look at the rush stats. This is impressive. Mercer rushed for 93 yards on the game. Even more impressive is the first play of the game, they ran for 75 yards. So the rest of the game, they ran for 18 yards. So that is pretty cool indeed. And they, they had players like Davian Harper had a decent punt return. We warned you about him during the week. Ole Miss, Was in a position where this game was really close to the best case scenario for the Ole Miss Rebels. Really close. They were a fumble in the red zone, away from being able to score 80 points, and they were a bust on defense, away from having a shutout. That's what they were. The defense played well. Whenever people talk about that big win and everything, lots of people decided to shoot off their mouth and everything whenever that happened. And at the end of the game, Mercer couldn't do really do anything. Now, this is what's also important. Whatever you see, what's going on with the Mercer Bears? Mercer is ranked 22 in the FCS poll. This is one of the better FCS opponents that anybody in the SEC will face. It's better than what UT Martin will bring. It's better than what Western Carolina will bring. It's better than what Southeast Louisiana will bring, but almost made them look like they were worse. Almost made them look like they were in a position that is much lower status than what they were. Honestly, at points in the game, I, I genuinely felt sorry for Mercer and midway through the third quarter. I just kind of wanted it. over. I just kind of wanted the game over because it was giving me flashbacks in that 2008 egg bowl to where Tyson Lee was just getting mauled every play. And it's like, this kid is going to get seriously hurt. I, I was starting to worry about that. Now, if you look at this game, and I gave you all the stats and went through all that information, almost threw for over 500 yards in that football game. And they could. And it was a statement of intent. And Jackson Dart playing as long as he did without packaging stuff for Spencer Sanders shows you what it was a statement of intent. I told you four weeks. What we've been hearing about Jackson Dart and how everybody had been raving about what Jackson Dart was doing and how he was playing and things like that, and in this game, Jackson Dart, for all for all of the pressure that was on that young man, came out and performed just admirably. And I don't think people congratulate congratulate what Jackson Dart did enough, essentially in this game like I said, it's Mercer. It's going to get a little bit more, a little bit more. It's going to be a step ladder of talent level moving up because I do think the next person, the next two lane, is not as good as Georgia Tech talent-wise. I think that is going to be a problem um, for Ole Miss, and they need to kind of step their way up to it because at Alabama's game four, LSU's game five, it gets real. The offense has a chance to be honestly special. It has a chance to be exactly what we said for months that it would be. It had a chance to be elite, lead. And it looks like it's going to be there. I am impressed with Jackson Dart getting the ball out of his hands and making decisive decisions. Threw the ball over the middle field when it needed to be in the middle field, on the outside when it needed to be on the outside. It was always in a position to where the ball was never in harm's way. Not one was the ball in harm's way today. It was honestly easy. And, and whenever USC's Bentley fumbled, and that would have made it, I don't know, at that point it would have been 35 to nothing because I think it was 28 to nothing at that point, um, that kind of hiccup the offense a little bit, and they needed to get, get right. That kind of flustered, flustered their confidence a little bit. But they were able to get it back under control in the second half, and you you get to go out of the game with that feel-good touchdown at the end. Jackson Dart just – his last name was appropriate today. Now, wide receiver-wise, okay, wide receiver-wise, holy cow. Trey Harris, NCC Player of the Week performance in his debut as an Ole Miss Rebel. He had his first three Ole Miss touchdowns. Three minutes and 50 seconds into his first game. Absolutely ridiculous. Good player. Jordan Watkins, punt returning. We had a punt return for a touchdown. We haven't had one of those since 2013. Ten years. We had a punt return for a touchdown. Jordan Watkins, he was a problem in the slot. And we talked about how Jordan Watkins was an outside wide receiver. And it looked like an outside receiver trying to play slot last season. Look much more comfortable this year. And Aiden Williams, he just looked like that dude. And the other guys, playmakers happening all over the field. The wide receiver position, which looked like six weeks ago, could have been concerning for the Ole Miss Rebels. Looks like it might be a little bit of a strength. Now, offensive line was fine. Jackson Dart, he could have read a book, book back there. couple of holding penalties, but that was kind of after Everything was going on, and we got into the backups a little bit. We had some operational stuff late. That's kind of to be expected in the game like that. Now, defensively, the first play of the game for Mercer, a 75-yard touchdown, they they basically ran, put the quarterback, and let him run a wildcat with a jet sweep, had an opening. Mercer was really good at being able to affect our linebackers. And if they needed four or five yards, they were able to move them just enough to give them space. Now they did not have the athletes to be able to win one on ones. One on ones, they were not going to win very often um, in this football game. It, but schematically, the coach was good enough. If it was third and three, he had one or two plays that were essentially two point plays that he could count on to move the linebackers out. Get separation and pick that up. Now, it obviously wasn't overly successful because they ended up with like 200 yards of offense. Pete Golding's debut actually was pretty sterling. John Saunders dropped an interception. Dejon Anthony got his pick. Um, players, Terian Perkins led the team in tackles. I, I, I don't think we can overstate that moving forward at all. It, this team has a chance. If it grows, they say a team improves most of all from week one to week two. That is the most important week of the season as far as improvement goes. And if Ole Miss improves off of what we saw today, Dwayne, I don't know if they're going to be able to score. And and with, they have Tajay Spears going to the NFL, who was their generational running back. And the reason that they won 10 games last year and beat USC, He's not there. They lost their backup. We have to wait and see what their running game exactly looks like. And you saw exactly what this Ole Miss defense can do once they lock in as well. It, it was a good game, and it went about as perfect as it could for Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss football team, especially after the Texas Bowl. You saw me on here. I was in my feelings after that Texas Bowl on here, and I was losing my mind a little bit. But this makes me feel pretty good. This, this gets us. This advances us to a position of being where we might be, might need to be. And we will see exactly what will happen moving forward. Now, sounds distorted. Uh, still sound distorted. That's weird. Anyway, I do have chat up. It is distorted. Uh, I, I'm sorry if it if that is happening. This is live, unfortunately, so I'm unable to um, handle that exactly, and I can't hear it, essentially, um, as well. But um, I hope everybody has a good chance. All right, maybe I just needed to turn that microphone. Thank you, Guyton. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some of the storylines other than Jackson Dart and Trey Harris and all of these main things. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Something must have happened and I'll have to see and do a test whenever this is over. So this won't happen moving forward. Um, so it'll, it'll be better by Monday. It obviously didn't happen in the show that we did right before this. So it might be a streamer thing. I I, I don't know, but I do apologize about that. So So Terry Perkins leading the team in tackles. That was awesome. That was unexpected. But Xavion Harris was just a monster in the middle, just a monster. And it's a situation to where you expect J.J. Pegues to show out, and you expected Cedric Johnson to show out, and even Jared Ivey. Jared Ivey flashed very well. Congratulations, Mr. Gracie. That was fantastic. He played a great game. But Xavion Harris was the guy that we were thinking, hey, what about Stefan Wynn? What about Josh Harris? What about J.J. Pegues? Akello uh, Stone even. What if those guys are the, the mainstays on the defensive line? And then Javion Harris is just a monster. He's unblockable. He's moving laterally like Tim Bowens out there. I mean, he's making plays that somebody his size has no business making. And I understand, like I said, this is Mercer. I get that, but that doesn't change lateral movement and the way this guy plays. I've heard people for weeks talk about Xavier Harris and how Ole Miss wants to move him to offensive line because they view him. They said he's a Pro Bowl offensive tackle. No, that's a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. We just saw today. That is somebody that, if he develops, he's just a sophomore. Remember, he's just a sophomore. If he develops. He might be in the situation to where he goes to the next level as a defensive lineman. He might be the star that winds up and is a nose guard for the Ole Miss Rebels this season. He might be the name defensively that emerges when all of these other names are names that we expected to emerge. It might be the Davion Harris name, the recruit, the high school player that we developed. Now. Players that I saw flashing, and we talked about Hudson Wolf earlier and how he kind of, he, he might have broken his collarbone or something like that. I and mean, I hated the kid, but he flashed when he did that, man. And congratulations. Kyron Heath played a great game. Great game. You can see all kinds of potential with Kyron Heath. He can do all the stuff that we need him to do. Michael Trigg in the second half, once again, it's a lottery ticket. Go to what I think happened there. It's a lottery ticket. If he gets it right, and gets going. And it looked like his mentally and his body language, the, the way he was handling things on the field, it looked positive. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way you can take anything but positive from that. But the tight end position, especially once Caden Priestcorn comes back, this is a new, better situation for the Ole Miss Rebels. This, this is amazing, um, offensively, and players that we needed to shine, shine. And this game, make no mistake, Mercer or whoever on the other side of the field doesn't matter. This game was about how we look, making the plays that we need to make. And it, doing it at such a high level, it just didn't matter. It looked like routes versus air at times on the field we're in a position to where we're going to get into the two lane game and we are going to start um two lane week with all the confidence in the world all right mr veganator any negatives or things you notice that we need still need to hammer down yes that's the best part of this there are so many things that we need to handle down we had operational penalties Operational penalties are the easiest things coaches to, to yell at players over. It was not a clean game. We did not play our best offensively or defensively. Operationally. We got a 12 men on the field penalty. Those things need to be cleaned up before Tulane because that place is going to be rocked us. Obviously, Ulysses Bentley fumbled the ball, ended up not getting the play into like the fourth quarter, and that caused the rotation to look up a little bit different. Once again, a turnover, um, a couple of holding penalties. They did not play the cleanest game on the offensive line. The offensive line blocked really well. I think John Garrison and the offensive line unit, even though it was an FCS opponent, did a decent job because Jackson Dart could read a book back there um, at all day. Um, James McDonald says, Trey Harris definitely impressed me. Yes, Um whenever this season happened, we did one or two episodes on Trey Harris and I've been in touch and talking with his father from time to time. And honestly, his dad's like, Hey, Trey's for real. And you need to pay attention because everything we were focusing on this is Franklin. You remember that? It's the same thing that happened last year. We were focused on this one person and all of a sudden this person shows out. Trey Harris had the best debut for an Ole Miss wide receiver ever. If if nothing else happens again, four wide receivers is normally and has been a decent season for wide receivers. He did it in one game. And he is a matchup problem in the red zone. They didn't show that in this game. They wanted this to be as vanilla as it could possibly be. And – Yeah, just really impressed with Trey Harris. Who else is watching the Tulane game tonight? I am. I am. I I think that USA is wearing helmets that says the home of Mardi Gras when they're playing Tulane, which honestly reeks a little bit like when Tulane wore all the SEC stuff and came up and played us, and then we put 60 on them. I'm worried about that, but it will be interesting to see what Tulane looks like. It's going to be a step up from what we saw this week. Don't expect it to be anything else but a step up. But I don't think Tulane is in a situation right now where Ole Miss fans, if Ole Miss plays clean, if Ole Miss clean-ish plays up to their ability and doesn't turn the ball over, Tulane's not going to beat Ole Miss. They're just not going to do it. Um I, Alan Flurry says, what happened to lock the vault? Did, I get, did they not do that before the game today? Honestly, I went out to check the mail right before the game started, so I thought it was all done and the entrance happened before that. Really interesting stuff there. That, that's happened. I enjoyed lock the vault. It, honestly, it was not as cool when the students moved, and the students are never moving back. This is not one of those takes. The students are not moving back to the south end zone. Those are two valuable seats for Ole to sell them to other people. Um, but the lock the vault was really cool when it was over the players coming out. Whenever that happened, and maybe in the other end, it was just different. Okay, somebody said they did it. Um, Sean Nissen says, Dart is crisp with his decision-making, The smoother his execution. Yeah, Dart looked like a different guy out there. That's not the quarterback we saw last year. Now, we heard all of the stuff this season about how much better Jackson Dart has looked. And like I said, everybody talked about how good Jackson Dart has looked. And the only person that was not doing it was Lane Kiffin. Now, one thing I'd like to say is we get the understanding now of why Lane, Lane Kiffin wanted to play these games. And why we've said that he has had a quiet confidence all through this season. And it's because he knew that he had something. Whenever he saw spring, the spring game or in spring practice and all that, and saw the jump that Jackson had made and, and the mentally comfort level that Jackson Dart is with Mississippi and Oxford, he probably started feeling pretty good. Now, I understand what happened with the whole Spencer Sanders thing, okay? Well, Spencer Sanders was recruited to Ole Miss because essentially Jackson Dart after the Texas Bowl was given homework assignments, and if they got to spring practice, they didn't want to be at the end of spring practice be in the same position they were last year, where Jackson hasn't gotten any better. They did not want the Jackson Dart that we saw last year. So they brought in Spencer Sanders. But I think if you ask Lane right now, he's like, well, oh, I, I, I don't know if he would do it at the moment. I, I don't want to speak for him. I mean, Spencer it gives Ole Miss a dynamic as a second-string quarterback that other teams in the country do not have. It was a situation when Ole Miss dropped into a backup quarterback in the second half of a mop-out role. It didn't look like it because the operation didn't change. Somebody has done it enough. He operated everything. And that's impressive. And this is another thing. Dustin Patterson's music says, Walker Howard is going to be special. Dart was poised. Yes, Walker Howard is going to be special. You saw that in the few series that he had. He is. And I've said that if Jackson Dart has the year that we think he's going to have, and he is well on the way to being there, he is well on the way to doing that. He will. Go pro after this year. It's not wishing Jackson Dart would go pro. That's just a statement of fact that will happen. Just will. And, and um. It, it's just a situation where him and Austin Simmons, that is going to be the quarterback competition of all quarterback competition. is already underway. And Walker Howard got the reps that he needed. Um, and just fantastic. Quarterback position A plus plus. I mean, a plus plus smiley face, um, sunshine, and cloud. If we have like new age grading scale on the quarterback position after this game. Now, Jordan Watkins, Wayne Priest says Jordan Watkins also impressed, and he did. He absolutely did. Jordan Watkins just looked like a new dude. Like I said earlier in the show, he was a player that people, when he got moved inside the slot, he played like an outside receiver playing slot. And at times he did not look comfortable. He looks comfortable now. He looks like he's completely completely transitioned over into that position. And Caden Lee, with a touchdown in his first game at Ole Miss, um, Aiden Williams made a couple of unbelievable catches, and almost another wide receiver position going to be something else. Everybody should be fired up about that. Also, JJ Henry, the play that they moved out on the one-yard line shouldn't have happened. He scored a touchdown on that play. They should have reviewed that. He, he absolutely should have had a um, touchdown. JJ Pugliese, I do not know what happened. It, um. It could be a situation, like I said during the press conference. This might be, um, this might be, have been brought up. But whenever they do things internally, maybe something happened and the game was missed. Maybe there was a slight injury and they just wanted to be careful with him. I don't want to speculate, but they didn't need him. And just think about what that defense will look like when he's there, when he's back in. It's just impressive. Mr. Veganator says, what makes me excited is no matter who we had in, whether it be our first to third string, they all look like they can beat. This is the most talented – this is what I've been telling you. This is the most talented roster that Ole Miss has had in my lifetime. And you can see the gray. My lifetime isn't – I'm not exactly a spring chicken. But this roster and what they've done with Ole Miss, Ole Miss looks like LSU normally looks that type of player. This looks like a typical LSU team. Now, typical LSU teams don't always win the SEC West and always win the SEC, but they're always going to be in a position to compete. And I think the team absolutely um, could have done that. Before the Thunder, Todd Shearer says, yes, it would have been 35 to seven. Yeah, and that fumble in the red zone prevented Ole Miss from scoring 80 points today. You can say that as much as you want to say. And and what what you want to look at, but that is how close Ole Miss was to eighty points. By the way, UT Martin and um, Kincaid Dent, Georgia's leading in the second quarter seven to nothing. As far as teams and FCS games and things like that, that's happening. Mississippi State won like forty eight to seven, I think. Western Carolina and Arkansas was like forty eight to ten or something like that. Teams don't boat race FCS opponents like Ole Miss just did. Ole Miss has two of the four all-time largest scores in SEC history. They have number three and number four. I think this was number four. And it's just fantastic of what Ole Miss can be. Now, everybody enjoyed football today. We've got it back. LSU and Florida State, that's going to be a fantastic game. Um. South Carolina and North Carolina is going to be a fantastic game, and you have these bye games that are going on as well. Enjoy this game. Don't enjoy as like, okay, this team is going to win the SEC now. This this isn't that, that type of game, okay? It isn't that type of game. But this type of game is like, okay, if we go the direction we normally go, we have a chance to be really good. And there's not a whole lot that anybody can do about that. The road is set if Ole Miss gets the win against Tulane, if Ole Miss shows up and wins against Georgia Tech. And and by the way, I, I'm just going to say this right now and just go ahead and get it out of the system. When I want Ole Miss to beat Tulane and beat them pretty handily. Two touchdowns would be handling that game. I just want Ole Miss to beat Georgia Tech by one point. Because everybody is going to be looking at Alabama the next week. Just beat Georgia Tech by one point. Beat Tulane by two touchdowns if you want to see how I would handle this and what I want. And, you know, 73 points. Also, by the way, new clock rules today. And they did that with less plays and less time to get it done of what a football game normally would be. They got 73 and should have had 80, would have had 80 if um, Ulysses hadn't dropped the ball. Kendrick Cascano did not see, Um, did not notice any players other than Sontarian. Oh, Jamarius Brown saw him on defense in the game. Um, He was the one that got a focused kind of late hit, roughing the passer call. I remember that was kind of a bogus call. Um, but Jamarius was on the field and showing pretty well. Is That is a freshman, true freshman defensive lineman at a Moss point that has a chance to be pretty good. But I hope everybody has a good day. Let's cut this off. for a little bit over 30 minutes. i want to usually like to keep it at about 30 minutes. Um, I hope everybody has a good day, enjoys football. Alabama and MTSU is about to kick off, and we're going to get to see murder ball return to Alabama. Um, so we'll see exactly what happens with that. Carolina is going at it, and Florida State and LSU coming up tomorrow. Um, real quick before we get out of here. Aaron Fultis says, I was at the game today. There were Mercer fans saying, Oh, miss after every first down. It was great. It, it really was. It really, really was. Um, we're going to do this what we did today. Every weekend, we will have a pregame show about an hour before the game. That'll be about 20 minutes long. And we will have a postgame show that is kind of a half hour after the game where we give our instant overreaction. And that'll lead into Monday's show. That'll be the three things that we actually learned in the game. So thank you very much. We'll see you next time. And as always, enjoy it. Hotty toddy.